Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal, or welcome if you're new here. Hello to all my new listeners. How are we? How are we feeling this January? I am loving it. I love this kind of post-Christmas time to slow down, time to relax, do wholesome things, wrap up, go for big walks, go out for coffees, spend your evenings cozied up, like no pressure to go out, no pressure to do anything. I'm loving it. I told you last week on my goals for 2024 that one of my goals was to go on like a big hike or trek every weekend. And last weekend, I actually ended up going up the north coast with my boyfriend. We stayed a night and we went on a big walk on the Saturday and then we also did on the Sunday. It was so nice. So that's my trek of the month done. I desperately need to get myself some proper walking trainers that will just kind of, you know, like waterproof ones that will just like wipe clean or you can literally chuck them in the sink and they'll just, the dirt will just run off them. I desperately need something like that because up until now, the only kind of shoe I've used for walking, I always just kind of keep my old trainers. You know, once you're gym trainers just become a bit too redundant and you can't use them anymore for the gym then they become my walking shoes which is fine like that works but it doesn't it's it's not the best when you're walking in really like wet muddy conditions because your feet get soaked (laughs) so I need to invest well not invest I don't want to spend like loads of money on them because let's be real how often are they really going to get used like twice a month But I do need to get a good pair of walking shoes. I just don't want like big kind of hiking boots that look ridiculous. Now, I know not everything's a fashion show. I get that. I know they're not supposed to look good. But I don't, like, I want them to be multi-purpose. You know what I mean? I want to feel like I can chuck them on and then, and also like, I don't know, walk up the arm road and get a coffee and not feel like I'm in literal like hiking camping gear, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I need a more kind of trainer one. My friend was actually giving me a recommendation today of one she bought. So I might have to hop on that. But yeah, my feet were soaked. But anyway, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. Honestly, exactly what I needed and wanted. We did the big walk that goes over the 
Causeway Headlands and then round the coast and down to Port Ballantry Beach. If you've been up the north coast, you may know the walk I'm talking about. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's a couple of benches along the way. We brought a little picnic and sat down and ate our sandwiches looking out at the sea. It was honestly just like the most wholesome thing ever. And then we walked up back through the sand dunes and along the railway track. Sorry, if you haven't been to Port Ballantry, you'll literally have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you ever get a chance to go, I'd highly recommend it. It's so beautiful up there. I'm usually really unlucky with weather. Anytime I go, I always seem to get a bad weekend. But for once in my life, I was lucky and we got blue skies and it was absolutely stunning. I mean, it was freezing, but it was stunning. We got up on the Sunday morning actually and jumped in the sea in the harbour and like we honestly picked the coldest day of the year. It was like one degrees, but it was one degrees and blue skies. I don't know. I just think it makes all the difference. Like if it was grey and gloomy, you'd not really be looking forward to jumping in the sea like that. When the sky's blue and you're just swimming around, it just hits different. Something about it. It was lit. I don't think I've ever been in the sea and it's been that cold. Um, no, I have. I did a January dip before as well, actually, I think a year or two ago. The thing is, though, about doing it when it's this cold outside is that there's actually not much of a difference anyway between the air temperature and the sea temperature. So as cold as it is, and as much as it literally feels like it's stinging how cold it is on your skin, it's not like a shock from when you're standing before you jump in, if that makes sense, because it's like the same temperature. So as much as it does take your breath away and you know you have to do the whole deep breathing thing, it honestly, like it's not that much of a shock because of the, it's probably the same temperature as outside. So if you had your reservations with regards to doing cold water swimming, just remember that it's not actually that bad because it's as cold outside, if that helps at all. (laughs) I'm so happy though that I did it because it's really like reignited the love for cold water swimming in me again and I'm really excited to get back into it. I actually meant to put that on my goals for 2024 is to get back into cold water swimming because see last I would say spring around like April March April kind of time I got so into it and I was going honestly like twice a week down to Helen's Bay to go for the cold water swims and I was getting up like super early and going before the gym and stuff And it is such a nice habit to get into. And I don't know what happened. I think, well, I went back to uni, then I went on holiday. Then I was like, you know, when you're in the first initial stage of dating someone and you don't really want to be getting up on a Saturday morning and leaving bed to go for a cold water swim at 7am without them, you know? (laughs) So anyway, by default from all that, I ended up just falling out of it. And when you haven't done it in a while the prospect of it is really scary like you really have to psych yourself up to do it but then once you do it you remember why you loved it so much and I feel like then it just sparks it in you again you know so I'm very happy to be back on my cold water swimming buzz I'll maybe actually do it again this weekend and then I'm gonna start organizing it on like a weekly basis with friends because I have another I have a friend Daisy who is obsessed with it and she's so good she honestly like does it every single week hands down But she's a nurse, so she gets her shifts, you know, like on a weekly or every other weekly basis. So I need to like message her at the start of the week, basically, and find out when she's free to do them. Because no chance am I doing it on my own. It's definitely a thing I have to do with someone else. Although I was thinking about getting one of those ones that you put out in your garden, you know, like the little barrels. I was kind of thinking that would be a good idea. As much as I 
think the experience of like going to the sea and taking in the whole landscape and stuff is all part of it realistically how often are you going to drive to go and do that you know if it takes you 20 minutes there and back whereas if it's literally in your garden then you could actually make it a part of your like every day or every morning routine but I don't think it's like a substitute for it like I think I'll still try and go once a week to the sea but then it would be really good to have that I don't know I'm gonna look into it and also how handy would that be just like knowing then because the thing is when you go and do it by the sea and then you come out you're like fucking hell this is gonna take me ages to warm up and like the whole drive home my hands are gonna be numb and you've got to bring your hot flask and everything and your hot water bottle whereas like imagine doing it right outside literally in your garden and then just knowing you're coming into a nice warm cozy house getting a warm shower the kettle's already boiled do you know what I mean I feel like it would take the whole like after because I'm not that scared of going in. I'm scared of the after bit where I can't get heat into myself, especially in my hands. Uh, and used to be feet, but now I wear the little booties. So my feet are a lot better now. I need to get the gloves. And I've ordered a new long sleeve swimming suit. Anyway, I'll keep you updated on my cold water swimming journey on my Instagram stories and on here because I'm excited about it. And hopefully we'll have another little cold water swim made up for the book club as well. Started back at dance this week, which was really fun. I'm so happy to be back. First class since Christmas and New Year. I feel like when you haven't danced in a while as well, you always feel so rusty and like your body isn't moving the way it's supposed to. But then once you get into it, you get your groove back and you feel good again. (laughs) I literally couldn't recommend dance more to everyone. Like it is the most fun and the most liberating form of exercise it doesn't feel like exercise it just feels good like it just feels fun and also I feel like there's no other type of class that you go to that is as social as a dance class for example like you go to a yoga or pilates class yeah okay you might speak to people before and after but that's it it's before and after because during the class everyone's following the instructor and during the class and like you're not really supposed to speak during that obviously whereas a dance class is so not collaborative because obviously there's one teacher teaching the choreo but it's collaborative in a sense it's it's just a lot more social between teaching and just throughout the whole class everyone's chatting everyone's laughing together laughing at themselves when you can't do something properly you don't get that from any other class and it's a nice kind of like Almost feels like a little bit of a community, if that makes sense. Obviously, it's not a community because it's like different people every week. I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's just such a nice feeling, I think, being a part of a dance class. And it's a lot more like back and forth. Like you're, So you're always speaking to the instructor and you're always speaking to the rest of the class, if you know what I mean. I couldn't recommend dancing more to everyone. I think even if you've never done it in your life, like go to a beginner class. I promise you, you won't regret it of any style of dancing. I'm going to go to a beginner salsa class soon. Or maybe bachata. I don't know. Haven't decided between the two, but I want to go. Maybe both, actually. Bachata is like another type of South American, like, kind of salsa-y, but, but not quite salsa. It's a different style of dance in itself. I think it's Colombian, but I could be wrong. Don't take my word for that. Apart from that, this week has been just more of what I was talking about last week with, like, building the foundations for your habits and what I mean by that is like so for example I'm getting up and going to the gym every day however I'm not doing like intense one hour weightlifting workouts 
I'm going and I'm spending honestly probably about 20 to 30 minutes there but it's like getting into the habit of actually going in the first place and then once that becomes a habit then up your workout if that makes sense and it's the same with like reading I'm reading every single night and yes I might only be reading 10 pages but I'm getting into the habit of doing that every single night and then I can start to extend that and I think that is what is so key in sustaining habits because if you just like go in hell for leather with everything you're not gonna it's not gonna be sustainable you're gonna burn yourself out so quickly especially after coming out of like the Christmas period and everything if you just go hell for leather straight away honestly two weeks and you're done well I would be anyway so for me I like to kind of like gradually build them up and like start the habits but not to such an intense degree it's almost like using the if you've read Atomic Habits, I did actually speak about this in a habit building podcast, the two minute rule that he talks about in Atomic Habits. The two minute rule is basically so when you're trying to build a habit to start off by just doing every habit for two minutes. So like if you don't want to do something, let's say you don't want to go on the walk or you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to read or you don't want to meditate but you're trying to get into the habit of this, say to yourself, okay, I'm going to do it for two minutes because two minutes, I'm still doing it. I'm still building the habit. And then if when I'm doing it, I want to do it for longer, then that's perfect. That's amazing. I'll do it for longer. But if not, I've still done it for two minutes. I've started getting into the habit. And what will happen, you know, 99% of the time when you're doing something for two minutes is that you will just carry on doing it for longer naturally because the hardest part is starting and once you're doing it then you realize you know the benefits that come with it and you'll want to do it for longer and if you don't as I said you've started building the habit anyway so I guess I'm following that kind of approach except I'm not really doing two minutes because you know two minutes is a bit naff when you actually think about it but yeah that kind of approach as to like just do something to start building it and then you'll get into it I don't know about anyone else though, but I'm still sleeping a lot. I'm just, I'm the queen of sleeping and I love that for me, but also it needs to start being like, I need to start going to sleep earlier so that I'm still waking up at a decent time because I'm so sick of not being able to get up at the time I want to to start my morning routine. Like I just need to shift everything to be a bit earlier, but we'll get there. Oh, Let's do pit and peak of the week. My peak of this week was, to be honest, the whole weekend was so nice and just like relaxing and recuperative and all of that good stuff. I'd say a peak was definitely sitting on the bench, looking out at the sea, eating our sandwiches. And then another peak was on the Sunday when we went down to the actual Giants Causeway. We walked up like onto the hexagon stones and then like out quite far, like as far as you can go basically without the security people telling you not to go any further and then find like a good stone to sit on. And we just like honestly sat there for about 20 minutes, taking it all in, holding hands, telling each other what we're grateful for. So cringy. Love it. (laughs) And then my pit. What is my pit of the week? My pit of the week is just because I've started back at all these things. I'm so sore, but I feel like that's a good kind of sore. So it's not really a proper pit. My recommendation of this week is a movie I watched the other day. Oh my God, wait. Okay, I've got two recommendations of this week. One is the movie I watched the other day called Past Lives. It is a Korean slash 
American films so like it's not all in Korean because the girl moves to America but some of it is subtitled from Korean it's just such a beautiful movie I loved it from start to finish and my other recommendation of this week is Boojum's new vegan option it is their vegan carne asada which is like a Mexican spiced steak and they've actually replaced the vegan al pastor pork with this I don't know if they're just doing it for January, for Veganuary, or I don't know if it maybe does really well, they'll keep it the rest of the year. I think that's what they did with the Al Pastor, but it is honestly sensational. If you're a Boojum fan, you need to go and try it. It also comes with a little like dipping sauce that has fresh coriander and red onions in it. And you just pour it on top of your burrito and munch away and God, it was a good experience. I actually want to go back Maybe this weekend, actually. I do like having a boojum a week or maybe every other week. I want to go back and get that carne asada, but get it in the tacos because I always am a burrito girl every time I get a boojum. But I just think with the dipping sauce, it would be really good as a taco. So I need to try that. So yeah, that's my two recommendations of the week. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like recently my emotions have just been all over the place like completely haywire and I know in myself it's because I'm bottling things up I'm letting things stress me out and I'm spiraling about them I'm not talking about it I'm just sitting there overthinking them letting them stress me out even more and as a result I'm irritable I'm getting angry at things I shouldn't really be getting angry at I'm not able to be present and be in the moment because all I'm thinking is how stressed out I am about certain things I know I'm not alone in this. I know this is something that so many of us face. We feel like we don't want to talk to our friends and family members about things that are stressing us out because they might seem small or insignificant in comparison to other things. Or we might just not even know how to go about initiating that conversation or opening up in that way to certain people and just getting the words out. And that's why therapy can be such an amazing safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down and causing you to feel like this. I have benefited from therapy so much in the past. And one of the main things I think therapy brought to my life was just an immediate safe space where I knew it was time for me to talk. It was time for me to open up and talk about my stressors. I didn't have to have this like, awkward kind of chat where I was like hey I want to talk about this or like not really knowing how to go about that with a friend or a family member it just is that safe space for you to open up about these things straight away and there's no faffing around and I think dedicating that time each week and allowing that space for you to open up in that way is literally the most beneficial thing for your mental health because just getting it out there takes away half of the stress straight away and then not only that but you talk it through you rationalize it you learn you know different better ways you can cope with these stressors also how to develop healthy boundaries and healthy routines and things that are going to be preventative for these stressors in the first place therapy honestly just empowers you to be the best version of yourself and i mean who doesn't want that if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and completely suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. 
My listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crack. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crack, C-R-A-I-C. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Let's do words of the week. I feel like I haven't done that in a while. The things we take for granted someone else is wishing for. I actually shared that as part of my podcast post on Instagram last week. Okay, let's get into this week's topic. I'm going to be telling you 23 things I learned in 2023. Starting off strong with this for number one, you are the only person that can 100% look out for you. And when I say that, I don't mean that other people in your life don't look out for you. Like, obviously they do, but also they have to be their own priority too. So like, you're the only person that you are your soul not so, but like you're your top priority day in, day out. You're the one that should believe in yourself, put yourself first, whether that be in relationships, in your job, within your habits. Like you have to go to bed at night knowing that you back yourself and that you're number one. Because like even your parents, for example, they are their own number one and then they're each other's priorities as well. And then all of their kids are their priorities too. Like that's split amongst everyone and they have to go to bed at night believing in themselves and like putting themselves first. So you have to do that for yourself. And anytime any negative self-talk or disbelief in yourself, or you realize like you're not putting yourself first in certain situations or relationships, you need to have words with yourself and be like, I am top priority here because no one else is going to look out for me in that same way. Number two is no one can hold you accountable for your habits, but you. And you're the only person who will then benefit or suffer as a result of this. No one is going to be there keeping you in check with your habits, whether that be your healthy habits or your bad habits that you want to give up. You're quite literally the only person that can hold yourself accountable to that, that can track them, that can make sure you're staying disciplined with either developing good habits or getting rid of bad habits because it doesn't affect anyone else. Like, yeah, it might indirectly affect some people by, I don't know, say your good habits in the morning set you up for a good day and therefore be in a good mood and therefore people in your life realize it because you're in a better mood. So it might indirectly affect them like that. But you're the only person who actually benefits or suffers as a result of your habits. And therefore that's completely on you. And you can't rely on anyone else doing anything like waking you up at the right time or making sure you're doing this or that and making sure you're getting in like all your meals or your nutrition, making sure you're going to sleep at the right time. You have to be in charge of that. And you can't blame anyone else if it doesn't go your way. Leading on from that, number three is that habits have your back when motivation or mood is out the window. No one wakes up motivated and full of zest every day. And that's why habits are so important because if something's a habit, you don't need the motivation. It's just part of your routine. If you're having a bad day, doesn't matter. Your habit pulls through. And that's why it is so important to develop. And actually, developing the habits in the first place is the hardest part. Once they become a habit, it's easy. Number four is that you shouldn't have to teach someone how to love you. I can assure you there is someone or actually not just someone, multiple people out there that will want to do that and more. Like they'll want to go above and beyond what you're trying to demand from someone giving you the bare minimum you shouldn't have to 
literally instruct someone on the way you want love like you should receive love in the way that you give love and you deserve to receive love in the way that you give love and someone or multiple people will be more than capable of doing that and will make loving you seem like the easiest thing in the world. Number five, I know this isn't some like new revelation to anyone, but looking after yourself physically and mentally is the ultimate form of self-care. And I've really learned that like looking after yourself to the umpteenth degree is really important to me. That might sound a little bit OTT, But what I mean by that is like even just right down to the little things like making sure I take 10 minutes a week to file my nails and push my cuticles back and put oil around my cuticles so I've got nice healthy nail beds or once a week before I get in the shower exfoliating my dry heels. Oh my god I'm outing myself. I get really dry feet okay. I'm such a granny. (laughs) Just really thinking of looking after yourself in every sense, getting enough water, getting enough sleep, looking after your brain, making sure you're getting fresh air, making sure you're working out, moving your body, eating nutritious food that makes you feel good and doesn't make you feel like lethargic or doesn't break you out. I have such a different kind of um, approach now to self-care and what I deem as being self-care. And I feel like I used to get in such bad ways by just literally forgetting to look after myself and I refuse to ever let that happen again. Number six of things I've learned this year is that you're allowed to feel down and to let others know that. You shouldn't feel guilty for having bad days or like you shouldn't have to tell anyone because you don't want to, you know, bring the mood down It's not always on you to lift the mood and to be the positive energy and to always kind of bring that to the table. And I I think because I am quite like bubbly and energetic and like, I guess, well, is charismatic the right word? I don't know if you can really call yourself charismatic. I just, I have a strong personality, but To the point then when I am not feeling like that. Like everyone has their off days. Everyone has their times where they're not bubbly and they're not charismatic. But because you feel like other people think you're that, then you feel guilty not being that. And in 2023, I really noticed this with relationships where it was on me to bring that energy. It was on me to bring the conversation and the fun and the lightness and the basically just the vibes, right? And if I had an off day, it meant it wasn't reciprocated. You know, that energy wasn't brought by the other person to then lift me. It was like always on me to lift them and both of us. Hopefully you understand what I mean. I don't really know that this is making much sense. But basically that can become a lot of pressure and it can make you think that you can't have your off days because then that brings the other person down or the people in your life down and and you won't be met with the same kind of energy that you give to them when they're having a bad day, if that makes sense. Like they kind of just withdraw within them and then you feel worse about it. Those people shouldn't really, not that they shouldn't be in your life, but I don't think they should be someone close enough to you that you'd be going for that stuff if that's the reaction you're going to get. Do you know what I mean? Because ultimately everyone is allowed to have 
down days and you shouldn't feel guilty about that and you should have people in your life that are able to respond to that in a way that doesn't make you feel even worse. Number seven, I mean this also isn't a new revelation but even if it's for 10 minutes, like literally for 10 minutes, exercise is so important for my mental health and on days when I don't have time to go to the gym or I don't have time to drive into town and go to a Pilates class or whatever it is literally a 10 minute walk makes all the difference for my mental health and also I think when you think about it more like that and you forget about the kind of whole um aesthetics and everything of working out I think when you focus more on the mental health side of it you actually get so much more benefit out of exercise (laughs) number eight I feel like this isn't a very conclusive one but (laughs) It's that I seem to always feel like I'm behind no matter what, which means maybe I'm not actually behind. Um, I don't mean, when I say behind, I don't mean like, you know when people say they always feel like they're behind on life because of all these like norms that are kind of pushed on us? I don't mean that at all. I just mean I always feel like I'm bogged down with a to-do list that is never ending and I never feel on top of things. But I'm starting to think maybe that's just more a mentality. Like maybe I just... I don't know. Like, I just can't let go of the fact that I feel like I'm always behind. I feel like every day I'm catching up on shit. And maybe that's on procrastinating, but also maybe it's just a mindset and that I'm not actually. Anyway, I told you this wasn't very conclusive. It's just something I've learned about myself. <laughs> Number nine is that burning candles shouldn't just be for special times. They are there to be used. So light them all the time. I used to be so bad at this. I would save all my candles for like, you know, the night that I was gonna have my little self-care night and light my candles or the times when people were coming over. I don't do that anymore. I light my candles every single night because I deserve to sit in a room with lit candles and they need to be used and they're, that is their purpose. Light them, light them every day. Number 10, going on from that, this is very much the same kind of thing, is that this also goes for the likes of your, you know, more expensive or luxurious moisturizers that you maybe got for a Christmas present or your nice perfume or whatever. Stop saving it for your one night out a month or your one night out every two weeks. Use the nice moisturizer. You deserve to use that moisturizer every day and to feel luxurious every day. Look, I get having, you know, your cheaper kind of drugstore moisturizer and then maybe you know your Sol de Janeiro one you got for Christmas or your nice expensive perfume and then maybe like a Zara one that you've also got and I get like using them for certain times and maybe like using your Zara one for when you're going to the gym or going to work and then using your nice one for when you're going out but like just not to the point where you're literally only using your nice stuff once in a blue moon like you do deserve to just like put that on on a daily basis and feel good about yourself Number 11 is just that I have a huge caffeine addiction. Do I plan on changing that? Probably not, if I'm being completely honest. Look, my saving grace here is that I'm not an energy drink drinker. I've never once drank a Monster or a Red Bull. I mean, I've had like a vodka Red Bull maybe when I was like 18 going out and that was kind of like the thing you drank. I've had Jaeger bombs with Red Bull in them. I've never gone to a shop and bought any form of an energy drink like that. And I feel like they're the the really bad ones. They're the ones that have like literally four times the caffeine that's in a coffee. So, you know, I'm not freaking out about this. However, I do have a huge addiction to it. 
to the point that I literally get headaches if I don't have my coffee. Now, I don't need to have it first thing, but let's say it gets to like 2pm and I haven't had a coffee. I start getting a really bad headache and I'm thinking, oh my god, am I getting sick? Have I not drank enough water today? Should I take some paracetamol? And then I'm like, ah, I haven't drank my coffee. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I get a lot of enjoyment out of my my coffee and my matches and everything. So don't really plan on changing this, to be honest. But I do think I could probably do with having one decaf a day. Like one normal one and one decaf. Okay, number 12 on the things I've learned this year is that alcohol really messes with my immune system and sometimes my mental health, but more so my immune system more than anything. I don't know if anyone else has realized this, but like when I'm in a habit of drinking, my immune system is so down and I see especially there over Christmas. Not only are you like seeing a lot more people than you normally would and everyone like coming home from different places and obviously like bringing different things home. And also just like being with big groups of people that you wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't really be with big groups of people throughout the rest of the year. I'd go out with smaller groups of people. So having this like exposure to all these people, obviously it's going to be a breeding ground for illnesses and stuff. And I get that. However, that aside, like drinking that much always means I will be sick. I swear to God, I was like riddled with illnesses the whole of December and the start of January. And I even notice it like over summer. Oh yeah, like when I was in Greece and at the time that my friend joined me for the week and we were kind of drinking every night and I just started getting sick so quickly. Like it really just knocks my immune system. I guess because your body's in overdrive trying to like get rid of the alcohol, then you're probably not getting enough sleep on top of that. It's just like a, a big welcome to any illness that wants to attack me right now, you know? <laughs> And yeah, sometimes my mental health, but more so my mental health. This is a weird one, but like, does anyone else find this where when you're single, it really affects your mental health when you wake up in bed hungover on your own. But when you're in a relationship and you wake up with the other person and you're both hungover, it's not really the same. Like you don't feel as guilty and you don't feel as like in the pits about yourself in your life. I don't know. I find that. So it hasn't really been messing with my mental health so much, but it definitely does mess with my mental health to a certain degree. Like, especially with like starting the week off on a Monday and either, you know, if you've been drinking at the weekend, I'll start a Monday off just not where I should be and not in the right frame of mind, not really believing in myself. Whereas if I start a Monday off completely clear headed, I have such a different start of the week. Like the difference is actually insane. Which I actually think is very important being self-employed because, you know, if you worked for a company and you go into it in maybe not the best frame of mind, not in a 100% good headspace, you can kind of slip under the radar a wee bit and just get on with your work. Whereas I feel like when you're self-employed, you need to show up for yourself because you're the only one that's going to kind of suffer as a result of you not showing up for yourself. So I really feel the difference basically when I drink and don't drink for the start of my week. Leading on from that, number 13 is that I'm very interested in a more sober lifestyle. I have no interest in going fully sober. I really respect people that do go fully sober and I think that's amazing and good for you. I personally have no interest in giving up alcohol for the rest of my life. I think it actually brings a lot of fun elements to my life, like good stories, good times with people good conversations, all that. Like, I'm not saying you can't do all those things, obviously, without alcohol. 
you definitely can. However, I just personally have no interest in going fully sober. However, I am very much interested in, I'd say I'm sober curious. I'm very interested in a more sober lifestyle. I think what I would like that to look like for me would be drinking once a month. I say that now though, when I'm like, not in my drinking era, but I know when it comes to summertime, it'll be a whole different story. So yeah, maybe just forget I ever said this when it gets to summer. (laughs) Okay, number 14 is that learning something new, whether it be a new skill or picking up a new hobby. I don't know, just learning anything new is literally the most rewarding thing you can do, especially as an adult. I feel like we forget about the fact that we can just like pick up new things. You know, you don't have to be a kid to be a beginner at something. And starting something out as a beginner is so rewarding as you progress. Number 15 is that lending your time, effort or money to a charitable cause is not only amazing and obviously going towards a great cause, it also helps to give you a bit of perspective. Now, I am not one to say that like, you know the way people love to turn around and be like, there's people dying, shut up, like your problem's or minuscule in comparison. I don't believe that. Like, I do think that your problems, no matter what, are important and you shouldn't minimize them and think that at the end of the day, there's always going to be people worse off than you are with bigger or with so-called bigger problems. However, I do think a bit of perspective is always really good. Like, sometimes we can get so caught up in our own problems and actually we do need to tell ourselves not to take life so seriously. That was something I mentioned in the ends for... 2024 was to not take yourself so seriously and as I said you know I'm not saying that (laughs) you should think that your problems like shouldn't be a thing not at all but also I just think like being a part of good causes like that can be very grounding and just give you perspective and also obviously then also be part of a greater cause which I think is a really good thing in this world especially if you're not like religious or anything to kind of think that there's a bigger purpose or bigger cause is a really good thing to feel like you're a part of. Number 16 is that you don't have to be all or nothing and everything like you don't I'm such an all or nothing person I've learned this over the last few years but you actually cannot physically be all or nothing in every aspect of your life and there are a lot of times that you can't give your all to everything and you do just have to give a bit of yourself or you do just have to do something like quickly and averagely (laughs) but accepting this will make your life so much easier like accepting it and knowing that you can't always give everything you're all and that you will have to dedicate more to this or less to that is the best thing you can do for yourself because then you won't be stressing so much about everything being perfect because you'll know not everything can be perfect number 17 is that subscription services have been a godsend for me I was trying to think of what subscription services I actually pay for and as in I don't mean like Netflix and stuff I mean like product subscription services because skin and me has been incredible for me my skin has never looked this good and also Estrid the razors I have a subscription with them too if there was other like if I could get more things on subscription I would imagine you could just get like all your hair products or I don't know all you know like a little box made up of like everything you use on a monthly basis and it would have like your oats and your oat milk and your ground coffee or your coffee pods and your 
I don't know, like if you just had a box made up of like everything that you use and kind of run out of on a monthly basis, how good would that be? I just think subscription services are the best. And if I could pay for more, I would. And have everything just like on a subscription basis so that I never ran out of anything, but also never had to think about going to the shop for it. <laughs> but yeah, Skin and Me has been literally hands down the best thing for me this year. I never thought I would see the end of my bad skin and I have and look I think it's down to more things than just skin and me I actually would like to do an updated episode talking a little bit about like a skin update because I know I'd spoken about that before but it's definitely been one of the factors that have really helped number 18 is that spending money on your health slash well-being slash fitness anything within that realm is money well spent so for example my yoga membership my shreddy membership, gym membership, any health foods, supplements, like investing in your health and well-being is hands down the best place you can put your money for yourself. I remember before I had my yoga membership and I used to think, I don't know, that just seems a bit expensive to be spending that much on yoga classes a week. The amount I get out of that physically and mentally is honestly worth so much more than what I pay for it it could not be more worth it and I think that about so many kind of like health and wellness related things and yeah I get loads of them are also very trendy and hyped but I mean usually they're trendy and hyped for a good reason because they do good for you number 19 is that I've kind of just spoke about this but You will get there eventually with your skin, even though you think you won't. This is to all my acne girlies, all my girlies that weren't blessed with perfect skin and think the cycle is never ending and like you will never achieve the skin that you want. And I'm here to tell you that it does end at some point. And look, I'm not saying I've come, I have problematic skin. Like I can bet you I will have another breakout. I will suffer at another stage in my life with hormonal acne maybe down the line or I don't know maybe when I go traveling something won't agree with me there and I'll break out like I have come to accept that I have problematic skin I was not blessed with having like clear glass skin like some people and that's fine however I literally thought that I would never see the day where I'd be happy with my skin where I'd be comfortable in going out of the house with no makeup and not even like a bit of concealer on my spots or anything I just never saw that for myself I thought that was such an unrealistic kind of thought for me to have and that I would just always always have some form of you know maybe not like really heavy acne but like some form of acne to a certain degree and I'm here to tell you that you will work it out eventually even though it feels like you won't and because it might have literally been 10 or 15 years Number 20 is that not everyone in your life needs to be the best person or the best friend or like the best person to go to to speak about your problems or the most reliable in times of need or the most fun when you want to go out or the most interesting. Like you can have different friends for different reasons and you don't need to have everyone be like the best friend. You can very much come to accept that you know, you have different friends for different things and that's okay. And accept that and like enjoy what each person brings to your life, whether that be on a weekly or monthly or yearly basis. 21 is that 
<laughs> flowers literally cost three pounds. You can go to Tesco and get a bunch of flowers for as little as three pounds, yet they have the ability to make someone feel so special. Next time you're doing your weekly shop, grab a bunch of three pound flowers, give them to your partner, give them to your best friend, give them to your mum, give them to your sibling. Like honestly, that will make their day so much and it puts you out of pocket by three pounds. My boyfriend said that he had never been bought flowers before me and I buy him flowers every other week. I think it's such a nice thing to do. And it's not like a set, I buy him them every other week on this set day. I just try to consciously remember to do that if I am at the shops or if I'm going to his house and I can stop somewhere on the way. And I don't know, maybe some people don't appreciate this as much. Like I do know people that aren't really that fast on flowers and don't really care for them that much. And maybe there are boys that would be a bit like, why are you buying me flowers? I don't know. I just think it's a lovely thing. And I know that my boyfriend loves it as well because he's told me that. And that's another thing is making sure that you communicate. Sorry, I'm completely going off topic here. But making sure you communicate when someone does something for you that you really appreciated that. So it doesn't go unnoticed and they don't think, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that again. So that they know that that was a really nice thing of you to do and a nice thing of them to do and they'll do that again. It's really important to have those conversations. Because, for example, I could have bought my boyfriend flowers and then thought, oh, I'll not buy them him them again. Like, maybe he doesn't really want to buy flowers. Maybe he doesn't really care for them. But I know he loves getting them because he tells me that. Number 22 is that food is my love language. Now, I know food isn't actually one of the categories of love languages. It probably falls more under acts of service. However... I think that food is a whole love language in itself and I am such a foodie and therefore my love language is hands down food. Like I'm always thinking about food. I'm always thinking about my next meal. I'm always thinking about when I'm next, where I'm next going to go out for dinner or what takeaway I'm going to get at the weekend, what recipe I can use or what I can experiment with and cook something different with this weekend. I love cooking for other people. I love cooking with other people. I love the experience of sitting down and eating with other people and like putting your phones away and talking around the table, whether it be with one person or a whole group of people. Like food is my love language, hands down. And I've really realized that as well, having a boyfriend who's the same and having a boyfriend who can cook too. Because then not only am I able to like use food as my love language to other people, I'm also able to receive it in that way and I love that. (laughs) But not that I wasn't using it as my love language before being in a relationship. Like I also use it with my family and stuff as well. I feel like my mom does that too. Okay, last but not least, number 23 of my 23 things I learned in 2023 is that your body will constantly be changing, whether that be really minorly or majorly okay your body is always changing and that's just on well life and female hormones however that doesn't mean your relationship with it should change your relationship with your body should not depend on you being at your lowest weight or you being at your fittest or you being at your least bloated your relationship with your body the aim for that should be for it to be consistent no matter what your body looks like throughout the week or the month or the year. You should have a level of appreciation for your body that doesn't change depending on how your body varies because 
ultimately your appreciation for your body is what it brings to you and what it allows you to do as opposed to how it looks and therefore throughout all those fluctuations your relationship with it shouldn't change that should be the goal and that is it for my 23 things I learned in 2023. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Let me know what lessons you learned in 2023. You can swipe up on Spotify and it'll say, what did you think of this episode? And you can leave a little comment. So tell me there what your lessons of the year were. I need to shoot on. I'm going to a yoga class and I really should have left the house by now. So I'm going to love you and leave you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram stories, in your TikToks, in your weekly reports. I love seeing all that. Thank you so much for your continued love and support on the podcast. It means the absolute world to me. I love you guys so much. I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.